Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Alright guys, welcome back. Yet another week here at the Outdoor Drive Podcast. We appreciate you guys tuning in. This is your host, East Coast Trev. Um, actually, this is going to be a quick and easy one for you guys. I'm actually in the travels to NWTF in Nashville, Tennessee. So if you guys are down there, make sure to come and check me out and uh, try and find me. You can always reach out to me on all social media platforms. But before we get going here, this is a great podcast. We had uh, John Stallone on for this one. And you know what? It's it's one of those podcasts that, you know, I think that everyone needs to hear um, the advocacy for what the outdoors is actually about. Because we all, you know, we all live, breathe and dream the outdoors, but we don't. We don't really think about the back end of it, you know, and we talk a lot about a lot of the things that are going on here in, you know, the United States as far as, you know, the things that are getting taken away, the things that we're fighting for to improve and add. Um, So uh, John kind of takes us through that um, and what his organization kind of is. I know it's not a normal podcast, but it's one that needs to be heard, honestly. Um, I know it's not a tips and tricks, but, you know, us as outdoorsmen, we need to be the starting force of all of this stuff. So let's get right in, in, into the sponsorship stuff, and then we will turn the mic on over to John. Uh, me and him kind of dig it on, dig on deep in and uh, all that. Hope everyone had a great week. Steve just got back from Harrisburg and had a great time there. So we'll talk about that next week, and then we'll talk about the NWTF also. I will be recording a couple of podcasts down in Tennessee while I'm down there with a couple of people I got lined up and some great stuff on the YouTube side also, maybe some new products or whatever I can also find while I'm down at that show. Um, We're getting right into that turkey hunting season. We got a couple more deer hunting ones and then into the turkey hunting so let's start it off with uh, our sponsors our title sponsor huntworth huntworthgear.com guys they are doing a little bit of a sale i'm not really sure if it's still sticking around but you might want to get on over there and check it out the durham pants and all of the light the white weight stuff for the early season turkey hunting um is is always great to have we we you know we rant and rave about it but it's truly 
probably some of the best gear, and it's a bang for your buck, man. You get more for less with Huntworth. So, Nor'easter Game Calls, nor'eastergamecalls.com, guys. It's getting into the turkey season, the mouth reads, the pot calls, the grunt tubes, all that stuff is online for sale. You guys want to get that and start practicing now. It's very important. Uh, so that when you guys get on into the woods, that you guys sound the best that you can. And turkey season's right around the corner. So make on make sure you get on over to nor'eastergamecalls.com. Also, Latitude Outdoors. Latitudeoutdoors.com. They are a so, so, saddle hunting, mobile hunting place. You guys have probably seen us talk about them, be in their saddles. They got some really cool products coming uh, forth here for the, the new season. So keep your eye out on that stuff stuff follow them on all social media platforms always some good stuff going on over there uh, if you guys are thinking about getting into saddle or mobile hunting now's the time to get on over there and check that stuff out so that you guys uh, will be prepped and ready for this upcoming deer hunting season uh, last but not least is bowhunters united bowhunters united is the advocacy for uh, bow hunters. Uh, us as bow hunters, they fight also for your right, just like what John Stallone is about to talk about. So go and check out Bow Hunters United, and uh, yeah, be be part. It's a free member membership, and um, it's a great place to kind of see what's going on with laws and regulations, just like you know the one that we're going to talk about here with John and and his organization that he's got going on. So. Without further ado, guys, uh, let's crack on into it. And uh, if you guys are at NWTF, come and check it out, man. Come check me out. Uh, you can always hit me up on social media. I'll just be bebopping around, just kind of doing some media stuff, podcasts, so on and so forth. And uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive. We have John Stallone from Howl for the Wildlife, man. How are we doing, John? Good, man. I'm I'm doing well. I can't complain. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having us on. Yeah, absolutely. On, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you reaching out, honestly, to kind of, I think that this is a, a pretty important podcast. A lot of guys need to hear about. I think it's a good, good topic of conversation and, and not even, I mean, you're a fellow East Coaster at heart. So I think it, I think I it kind of works out. <laughs> I yeah. I was born in Brooklyn and I lived in long island till i was 16 and then i moved to arizona wow that's we'll have to talk about that down the road my but. wife's from new york i i go back to long island almost every other year to go shoot deer so, so you so you understand my craziness of uh northeast you know oh, yeah. <laughs> high speed I've haunt, living i've haunted i've haunted pennsylvania new jersey <laughs> it's, south carolina north carolina Georgia, Florida. I've been all up and down the Eastern Seaboard. And I'll tell you, and not a lot of people talk about it, but I think it's a it's it's a force to be reckoned with. To be honest, there's some some great whitetails, some great animals to be taken here oh, yeah. on the Eastern Seaboard. But uh, let's kick this thing right into four wheel drive. Why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and a little bit about what you do, John? Um, man, it's a lot to unpack there. But uh, well, my name is John Stallone. Like you said, I've been. Uh, a big game hunter since I'm five years old, believe it or not. One of my first deer hunt, five years old up in uh deposit, New York. And, um, yeah, man, I, uh, I got a wife and three kids most importantly, but, uh, had a TV show for from 2004 to 2016, uh, days in the wild. I'm an outfitter out here in Arizona, um, podcast, 
had a pod, I'm the longest running podcast for, for, uh, outdoor for almost 20 years now. Um, and, um, for the purpose of this podcast, I'm the vice president of Howl for Wildlife. And, um, yeah, I just, I want to, I want to actually, I want to preface this because I know as a podcaster, the numbers. Okay. So just to give you an idea and your listeners an idea, if I do a podcast on tactics or whatever, you know, elk calling, turkey, deer, whatever, doesn't matter. I will see like 10 to 15,000 downloads on that episode. Mm-hmm. When I post something that is conservation oriented or talking about policy or why you should get involved, that 15,000, 12,000 goes down to like 1,200, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stop everybody that's about to shut this off right now. And I want you guys to listen because this is very, very, very important. Um, Alpha Wildlife deals with a lot of things throughout the country, and we're seeing a trend right now. And given the political climate that's out there, and I'm sure you guys have noticed it over the last couple of years, especially with COVID and all this other stuff. Um, they, when I say they, anti-hunting establishment is coming for hunting hard, very hard. They've pushed a lot of things that I never thought I would see in a million years in the last couple of years, and they're presenting things. So this this podcast, this episode affects you, and you should listen. You should listen and absorb um, whatever you can from it and and start thinking about your hunting now, and I want you to imagine if it all went away what you would be doing with yourself and how you'd feel. So I just wanted to preface that. So we, so we try to keep as many people without grazing over them. You know, it's kind of crazy. And, you know, obviously we see it on the back end, right, John, and, and, and kind of see that. And it's kind of frustrating, right? Because like, you're like, these are very important topics and very important things that we, you know, are, we're in the front lines of. And one of, one of the things that, you know, I say, even on a local level here in New England, like, a lot of people, they don't pay attention to what is actually going on in the forefront, right? It's always, they battle among one another on who has a bigger buck or whatever, and they don't look at the bigger picture of, you know, the things like, you know, like what we actually try to do as podcasters or social media guys or TV guys or, you know, whatever chain that we are, you know, or, or path that we follow, right, in the outdoor realm. And guys just don't understand it on the big picture. They're too worried about that guy shot my turkey, that guy chased my my deer, shot my deer. Like there's bigger fish to fry here. And I think that the as as the melting pot of the outdoor space, right? That we all need to work together. And it's it's more or less imploding from the inside out and we're not attacking the things that should be attacked. And that I think that's what what you you are bringing for, to the forefront right now is is that kind of thing that these people n- need to pay attention to and need to listen to. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is, you hit the nail on the head. We, I mean, to put it simply, we're our own worst enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, we we waste a lot of time with uh, tribalism. You know, who shoots this bow? Who who wears this camouflage? 
who's a who's a deer hunter, who's a duck hunter, who's an elk hunter, who's a mm-hmm. rifle hunter, bow hunter, trad guy, whatever you name it. Um, and I'm not saying we shouldn't have our niches, right? We should we should you know follow what's important to us, but at the end of the day, we're all sportsmen, we're all outdoorsmen, we're all in this together. And uh, hopefully at the end of this podcast, I could connect dots for everybody and they could see why. And um, yeah, so I guess let me start by explaining how for wildlife. So we we were basically born out of a necessity to have a fast acting tool to um, reach the decision makers on policy not just reach the decision makers, but connect you, the sportsman, to the decision makers on policy that affects the ability to hunt fish um, and anything that affects wildlife management. So let me put that in a little bit more layman's terms. We developed a website, a program. You, you, you don't have to be a paid member. We'll get into that in a minute. But you go to the, you go to the website, you go to our action center, and there is a number of different actions on there. And for instance, they're, you know, they're trying to, to ban uh, the, the booby snipe in, uh, in South Carolina, whatever, you know, and you go on there, you enter your name and your, and your email address. Well, first you do it. First thing you do is you read what the action is. The action will spell out. This is, this is what's going on. This is why we oppose it. This is, you know, we're giving you all the information and you make your own decision. And at the end of it, you can take action. And there is a pre-drafted email and it's not a, it's not a canned email. It's not like when you go to, excuse me, get the hiccups. Um, That's the worst in the middle of a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. It always happens to me at the most uh, inopportune times. Um, so if you go to a action center on another organization site, it's typically what it is. It's going to ask you for your name, your zip code, and your phone number or whatever. And you put it in there. And it's going to send a canned or a form letter. Mm-hmm. And it's the same letter. Every time everybody goes there and it sends that letter to your representative. Now, your representative may or may not have anything to do with whatever is going on. This might be something that's in commission. It might be something that's in a committee level. It might be something that's at the House. It might be something that's in the Senate. It's not necessarily the person who needs to hear it, but it's going to send it to your, you know, uh, your representative and it's going to say, you know, on behalf of such and such and the 50,000 members of da-da-da, we oppose this bill because of da-da-da-da-da. And it's going to send it. Not a very powerful thing to do. So our system has anywhere from a couple hundred to sometimes even thousands of variations of emails. And the email comes directly from you and it goes directly to the person who needs to hear it. So if there's seven people or if there's 27 people in a committee or the whole 
you know, every senator in the United States needs to know, you know, like it's that big of a, an issue. It goes to those people. It goes to the people that are going to be making the decision on that topic, whatever it is. And the email is going to read, hi, this is John Stallone. You know, there's this bill, da 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 I'm opposed to it or I'm for it. There might be something, you know, that we're trying to get passed through. And it's going to be very um, personalized. Now, you also have the ability to change the wording. Like if you want to completely make it from you, you can. You don't have to. You read through the thing. You got all the talking points. You could write your own email. So it's as easy as sticking your email address in there and your in your name and set, hit and send or just typing out your own deal and sending. Sometimes we have actions where you can call or you can tweet, fax, whatever. There's a lot of different options and sometimes we utilize all of them. Sometimes no, it depends on the bill. So that's how powerful wildlife works. That makes sense. I don't know if I did a good job of describing that right now. No, no, I think it's perfectly fine. <laughs> okay. Thank you. You're good, John. Like I told you, after a certain amount of time of the day, the old brain shuts off. It, it happens. Um, <laughs> so um, that's how Health Wildlife works. And now we have, like every other organization, we have paid memberships. Um, but our paid memberships are different. We, and we're going to get into this, we wanted to unify the hunting industry mm-hmm. because I actually don't like that. It's called the hunting industry instead of the hunting community. We wanted to make the industry a community. So everybody fights to out. be part of the industry though, John. Right. <laughs> I know. Exactly. So, um, we, we, you know, we partnered up with like go hunt and Onyx mm-hmm. and, and so just for instance, okay, go hunt and Onyx, those normally, they're kind of competitors. Right. But when you come to Howl for Wildlife, there is no competitors. You know, we deal with multiple companies that would normally not work together because they are competition. But when they work with us, they work together. And just to kind of finish up what I was saying about the, the membership part of it, you come to Howl for Wildlife and you want to get... You wanted to buy Go Hunt, okay, but you haven't pulled the trigger yet. So Go Hunt Insider is $149. You purchase Go Hunt from at Halfa Wildlife. You pay the same $149. You get all the same features and benefits that you normally would with Go Hunt. But now you get added on a Halfa Wildlife membership, which is normally 30 bucks. And like you get an additional, you get entered into for an additional giveaway. And you get an additional 15% off to to shop at their store. So it like behooves you to go buy it direct from Go Hunt. You would just it'd be smarter for you to just go to Health of Wildlife to get more for your money. Plus a portion of it, half of it, is tax deductible at that point. And uh anyway, so just to kind of give you an idea. We have these different paid memberships. We have partnerships with Pope and Young, with American Bear Foundation, where Again, we are normally we looked at as as competing organizations, but together we work together and you purchase one membership and get Howl and Open Young or Howl and American Bear Foundation. Um so that's 
that. But we are also the only organization that allows or not allows that has a free membership because we want people to be involved. We want you to take action. I don't want to tell you, you know, driver, you can't, you can't get involved because you don't want to give me $30 a year. Right. right. That's like, that's like BS, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I want, I'm trying, I'm coming to you. I'm saying, Hey, come on, you need to get involved in this. Oh, by the way, you need to give me 30 bucks. Like that doesn't jive, right? So right. we wanted people to know. Yes, we'd love you to be a member because you know this shit's not right. like it's very expensive, uh, very expensive website to run, very expensive to um, the day to day operations is very expensive to mm -hmm. do this. Um, but at the same token, I don't want to cut people off because they can't afford to be or not ready to spend that kind of money right now or whatever the case may be. So, or even just simply unassured what, what is actually going on, right. Until they can get the yeah. free membership, see what you guys actually do, what is going on. And then if they choose and they believe in what you guys are doing, then go to a paid membership and gain some of that extra things that you do offer as a paid membership. Right. Yeah. And we're not, try we're, we're trying not to do any of the, you know, get a hat or, you know, get these tchotchkes for your membership thing. I, I, we just want you to know that we're here working for you mm -hmm. and your money is going towards that. So I guess some, one of the questions that I kind of have, and maybe this, this might help the, the listeners also, is like, what are some of the, the bills or some of the things that you guys have advocated for and like moved, move monuments with? in the past. Sure. So, um, and there's been so many, well, let me just tell you this. Okay. In the first year we had 29 actions that we got involved in. Mm -hmm. And out of the 29, we were able to win or progress 28. Wow. Out of the actions. That's uh, last year it was pretty similar um, I don't know the number. I think it was actually more, but there was like four that we were unsuccessful. So it's a very powerful tool. Um, you know, one of the things that we've done is we've also engaged hunters uh, at the, like the commission level or committee level when they have these open comment periods. So we set up these classes or these we call them like uh, pre-game prep. And you sign up, you come on to a Zoom call with, you know, 30, 100, whatever uh, other people. And we go over how to conduct yourself, the talking points, how the meeting's going to be run, when it's your time to talk, blah, 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 blah. And we give you all the tools and these people started showing up to like game and fish meetings and so on and so forth. So we have countless um, comments from like game and fish, especially because it's mostly been commission meetings, but a couple even committee, you know, we've never seen the hunter show up. It's always been a room full of anti hunters and mm -hmm. two or three guys talking about it's my right to, you know, hunt fish. And um, you know, it's, it's super powerful to see 
a bunch of guys, girls, whatever, show up and sit, talk about why hunting, you know, whatever specific species or whatever thing it is, is important to them. Um, what it means to them, the camaraderie, the, you know, the intrinsic values and, and the meat and so on and so forth. And you start having these open dialogues and, and expressing yourself in a positive way mm-hmm. it starts getting received really well and you start moving mountains, you know, and that's the same thing with the, with the emails and the phone calls and the action center. And that's all been well and good. Like that is, I mean, that's what we're hanging our hat. We've been hanging our hat on, but through the process, we've, we've realized um, that we need to reach the non-hunting public. And we need to help change the false narrative that's been spun mm. by hunting and uh, an even greater need to unify the industry into a community. So that's a lot of where our direction is going. We're not going to, we're not abandoning the action center by any, by any stretch of the means, but we know that the next level is bridging that gap between the, the non-hunting public. I think one of the biggest problems and that I've seen, you know, on the local level here is that there's so many unknowns where the, a lot of the people, they just don't know. They're just uneducated and ig- not ignorant, but they just don't know. Right. And they just don't understand the hunting aspect of it. And it's just easily perceived why you shouldn't hunt right and they've just they they fully educate and i know we had talked prior when we talked about doing this podcast and stuff the big push here is bear hunting um we've been trying to open up a bear season it's it's kind of along the lines of that new jersey thing where like we have a lot of antis and there's a lot of problems like oh don't kill the black bears x y and z and the antis will go above and beyond to bring people there to do all of these testimonials and all this stuff to like mm-hmm. why we shouldn't have bear hunting. And it was one point, and a lot of these listeners probably, I've never really talked about it, but like they would bus in like grade school kids to talk about why yeah, yeah. we shouldn't have bear hunting. Like, and they, they have mobs of people. And then you have, I mean, I know this is, this might not sound right, but like, we just have these redneck old timers in there. Like, I just want to kill bears. And it just, it looks, it looks like we're just ignorant people that just want to kill things morbidly. And there's not the people that are moving and going up there and saying like things intelligently, like, you know, the population is X, Y, and Z. We've seen the growth here. You know what I'm saying? And like a lot of the things, you know, and some of my argument in the conversation was like, you know, if they open up a bear season and we had to have certain, you know, if they gave us 125 tags, it's 125 bears that are the problem bears that are going to be taken care of. You know what I'm saying? So like you have to have somebody that's kind of intelligent and kind of knows what's going on because it gets perceived in the wrong light when you get in front of some of these big committees and stuff. And I think one of those things that you're doing with that, I think that's, that's super important because then people can really learn how to address these committees and so on and so forth down the road. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the hope is to have a platform that one speaks to the non-hunting public, but also helps educate us hunters and have a better representation of what hunting is. Mm -hmm. It's very hard um, 
even for the people that are articulate to voice what hunting is to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just wrote a piece on my blog. And if you guys want to go check it out, this is actually probably a really good way to help yourselves formulate in your head. Like I don't, your my experiences should not be yours, but um, how I formulated it. And I, I called it the hunter's paradox because that's what, you know, there is this paradox where hunters, you know, we want, we love something that we ultimately want to kill. Like, how do you, how do you love this? How do you love the deer and the idea of deer and still want to harvest the deer? Mm-hmm. That's a very hard, well, it's hard for laymen to, to grasp that concept for people who are not in it. It's, I mean, it's really hard for them. But it's also hard for the people who are in it to grasp, you know, like Mm -hmm. we don't half the time we don't know how to put words to it. And go ahead. No, 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 no. I I was just going to say that it's it's tough for people to understand it unless they've actually seen it firsthand. Right. Like the 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 non hunter. Right. Not the anti hunter, but the non hunter until they're like in a room of it. Like it's kind of funny. And this kind of relates to kind of what you're talking about was. I was recently just at ATA last month, right? And mm-hmm. I had brought my girlfriend with me. Never hunted, never been around nothing. She sees the passion and the compassion for the outdoors that I I have. Um, but she went and we sat at the uh, the Badlands Film Festival. And after that, she was like, "This is the most amazing thing in the world." Like I never realized like the passion. And everybody that's in this room, like, they're all there for one reason and they're all happy for one another. And, like, how they, you know, they, this, you know, they take a bear, they take a moose, and how, like, the, the emotion that comes over them, like, I, I could never believe that that would be. I just thought you guys were morbid, crazy people that just wanted to kill things, like, until oh, you're yeah, part of it. That's the narrative. So that's what the anti hunters have been propagating for, you know, way before you and I were alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at every movie that's ever been out, Bambi, you know, you name it, open season, the yeah. hunter is always portrayed as, you know, either a toothless hillbilly that just willy-nilly shooting shit out of the back of his truck while drinking beers, or Elmer Fudd, mm-hmm. or just creepy, you know, never, always the anti-hero or the, or the, you know, the, the antagonist, not, not ever the hero. Like I, I can't think of maybe one, maybe the ghost in the darkness, I think is maybe not the only one that I can think of in the top of off the top mm-hmm. of my head that has a hunter that was kind of portrayed in a good light. Cause they, you know, saved the village from the lions or whatever. But even that, it wasn't like, you know, and, uh, if you think about that, right. That is what you're up against every single time you are faced with somebody who's not in it and doesn't understand it. So you have an uphill battle. And we, you know, we talked about earlier here that we're our own worst enemy. We're really our own worst enemy when it comes to portraying what hunting really is. So, you know, and I'm not saying don't post gripping grins or whatever, but because there's people that have that idea too. Um, 
you know, in, in my in my eyes, we've been taking photos, we've been drawn, you know, on the cave walls of hunters and their harvests since you know, probably since we've been hunting. So that's not what I'm saying, but you got to understand that there's this perception of you and who you are. So when you're fist pumping and yelling, I smoked them and all this other stuff on videos and it's not a great look. Right. And and I, this is coming from a guy. So I'm going to sound like a huge hypocrite. I had a TV show uh, and I will tell you straight up, I had contractual stuff that said, if you didn't have X amount of kill shots, you know, you weren't going to get the full, the full dollar of your, of your contract. Like that's part of, was part of the industry. I think it's shifted quite a bit some from then since now or to now since then rather. And, um, but you know, I'm also an outfitter and I know kill shots sell hunts for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm always at with this internal battle of what am, am I speaking to my, am I speaking to my echo chamber? Am I speaking to my, my following or is this going to travel outside of my niche and get to people who don't understand it and they're going to see just this, you know, dominionistic triumphant thing over an animal that they don't understand. They're not going to see the scouting, the hours of working out, the hours I spent with the bow, the the time I spent obsessing over my gear, weighing my backpack and making sure I had, you know, like all these little things that went into it. They're not going to see any of that. They're not going to see the camaraderie. They're not going to see what the what meals I made from that meat. They're not going to see my connection to the earth, my connection to wildlife. They're not going to understand any of that because we sticking up a picture and a picture is worth a thousand words, but whose words are they? So I don't really have an answer to that. Um, except for what I'll tell you what I do in my personal life. This is not a helpful wildlife thing because we've yet to figure out what makes the most sense. But for me personally, yes, yeah, so I'm going to post a grip and grin. But with that grip and grin, I'm going to show you that I'm packing out the meat. I'm going to tell a story the best I can from start to finish in my caption. Just to, to give an idea. I'm going to try to post up. If not with that, I'm going to post meals that I make from my, from my uh, harvest after that. I'm going to try to show... All the other things that go along with hunting. And hopefully the story carries over to the to the non-hunting public and they can see it. Um we kind of went off we went off a little bit on tangent talking about this specific. No, no I think but, I think it's a good thing, honestly, because I think that, you know, there's some things that kind of, you know, grind my gears as you could say like when it comes to those gripping grins like it's important to respect that animal 100 percent. tuck the tongue in don't show gory nasty things because that can be used in a negative you know in a negative light where guys could take it that are antis and 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 be like oh this dude's so barbaric and like the respect for that animal like we have a huge respect for that animal we had talked about it on the last podcast really like 
we had Troy Pottinger on and we were talking about, you know, he were like, why, why don't you like smile in any of your pictures? And he's like, because that hunt for that animal has been three, four five years. And like, there's a respect factor for it. Like, I'm not going to be all happy and like, you know, I respect that animal. It's a chess match. Like I'm a war, you know, kind of like the warrior right. type aspect for it. And it's super important, Great way to look at it. Yep. you know, and like, and you know, you have to earn that respect to that animal. And there's like so much negative light that can be brought to you by bad pictures. I think bad pictures, you know, like the pictures, I, I know it's, I have a ton of them myself as a younger, you know, younger kid, but like in the, on the tailgate, you know, like that's just like respect it in its own, its own habitat. Yeah. We all are on the tailgate doing it. We are advocates for, you know, we have tales from the tailgate and stuff, but like showing it in its natural habitat, you know, look like the Germans do. And they, mm. they put the last meal in their mouths in the pictures. Like, there's a lot of things that can go along with right. it because there's so much negative light that can be shed on some of those things, you know. And going back a little bit more and something that you had said, like, look at New England, like, as a whole. And, like, the air, you know, like, I think of, like, waterfowl hunting or whatever. But, like, they're looking for all the negativity. So you kind of have to have, like, a... A respectful way about you when you when you approach somebody who's a non-hunter not anti-hunter but non-hunter but have a respect factor and and sure. conversing with them because like they've never been around a hunter they think you're just crazy like right. redneck shooting ducks out of the air or whatever or shooting deer i mean like on long island and stuff like mm-hmm. you know we had talked before about like the when you're in new england as a whole, like you don't see hunting stickers. We don't wear camouflage. Like we try to hide this fact to like, right. I guess save our face. But like th- there has to be a point where we ha- boat trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find and finance new or used boats. Visit boattrader.com to get started. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 
and use the code WaypointPod50 to get 50% off. That's WaypointPod50 at factormeals.com slash WaypointPod50 to get 50% off. We have to kind of, we have to kind of like flaunt what we do, but in a respectful manner. You, it's, it's right. a, there's a super well, fine line, I think. We live, we live in a different age now. So, you know, there's, there's, like I said, there's people out there that think that we should go back to that idea of just don't talk about it. Don't show it. Don't post pictures. Don't post videos. It's not going to happen. So we got to embrace the the time that we're in. You know, back in the day when I first got my Hunter's Ed in New York, um, I was like nine years old, I believe. And part of the course was they taught you to be recluse almost, to, to, to hide in the shadows. They were like, don't put your deer on, you know, don't post your deer. Don't throw it in people's faces when you you know, don't put it on the hood of the car. Don't put it on the, you know, so if you, if you didn't have a pickup truck, like, how do you get this thing back? You know, um, it's like, be quiet. Don't make sure no, you don't offend anybody. And that's what they told us to do. And, you know, that worked in 1980. Mm-hmm. Okay. When I took that, that worked back then. Right. Now we live in an age that you literally can't go in the corner and take a fart without somebody videoing right like everybody knows about everything and everything is posted and it's a lot of it's our own undoing i again i sound like a hypocrite because i made i made myself because of the internet right i was the tv show the the podcast the you know the quasi influencer whatever it's all because of social media so I would be a hypocrite to tell you that, but to be honest with you, I wouldn't mind seeing it all go away. That would be fantastic for mm-hmm. me. I could go back to being just John Stallone. That's fine, but it's not going to. I'm okay? in agreement with that, by the way. <laughs> you know exactly. <laughs> you know it's not all. It's not all what it's cracked up to be. But you know that being said, we live in this. We live in this world. Okay, so now we have to start thinking whatever we do is not just being consumed by people like us. Okay. It's being consumed by people who don't know anything about what we do. So it is on us to one, educate ourselves on the North American model of conservation. It's on us to start thinking, you know, I, I, I made this, I made this challenge the other day. I want you to think about, what hunting means to you, all of it, and be able to formulate that in a conversation that you would have with a stranger who asked you, why do you hunt? And think about those things, you know, the camaraderie, the intrinsic values, the meals that you make from it, um, the challenge, okay? But it can't just be about those things. You got to show everything. And, and be able to explain yourself to somebody in a calm, cool, collective manner and in an intelligent way. If you don't think you could do it, then don't engage. It's fine. I'm not telling you you have to. But if you feel like you can do hunting a service 
and help out hunting as a whole, you're going to do that by creating allies and in, in the, in the 80% that lies in between or the 90% now actually that lies in between anti-hunting and hunting. So what I mean by that is if a bill pops up in your neck of the woods and now the buddy that you had a conversation with at the break room at work about what hunting means to you and you know how you feel about things he's going to be like well i don't know if this is all this bs in here is all that true i'm uh you know i had a conversation with trevor and he seems like a good guy and he told me this and he told me that and i don't think i'm going to vote with this you know you created a sympathetic voter um if not they're going to be subject to the propaganda that they see and hear and I'll tell you right now, we were talking, you were talking about busing in the anti-hunting world is better funded, way more organized, way more passionate about stopping us than we are about not getting stopped. <laughs> we have a lot of passion for a lot of things. We'll spend freaking 36 hours for over a, a map trying to figure out where we're going to hang a tree stand you know that is that is us to a t but when it comes to going to spend five minutes to go put a you know a action in health wildlife we don't do that stuff the the anti-hunters are like i said super well organized very passionate um more passionate than us when it comes to saving what we love because we're super, like I said, we're super passionate about doing things that mean that we think mean to us. And um, you know, hunters and anglers typically keep to themselves. They have this mindset, you know, don't impose your life choices on me. I won't impose my life choices on you. You know, that's a great way to live. However, this mindset, it's kind of what's taken us out of the fight um, when it comes to stuff of like wildlife management or infringing on our abilities to hunt fish. Um, you know, it's funny when I, when we started powerful wildlife and I started using the word action and we need to be activated or, uh, and stuff like that. I got so many comments of, you know, being active. That's, that's like for libtards and, you know, that kind of response. And I'm like, no, man, you don't understand. Like, yes, it, it sounds like a dirty word because it comes from a lot of the things that you don't like. Mm -hmm. Activists, activists typically are, you know, uh, against what you're doing. But in order to save something that you love, you have to be active. You have to be an activist for that for that thing. So got to get that out of your head and actually become an activist, you know. But on your terms, not you don't have to be, you know, a uh, tie dye wearing shirt, uh, Birkenstock wearing, hot smoking, whatever. <laughs> yeah. for all, you know, to no bras for all. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, yeah. so one of the questions I have for you, like, so with 
with your with the organization and stuff like are a lot of the stuff that you do more western than they are eastern or like how oh. how does this benefit everybody across the entire country so um i'll address that really quickly we get involved in everything so like last year we were in georgia we were in florida we were in uh vermont um michigan so it's across the board. It's not just yeah, one it's thing. Wherever, there's, right? wherever the fire is, that's where the firefighters go. Okay. And I just I just wanted to hit that home just for everybody. Be, that's all. It just happens to be right now the West is under serious is, attack. Is under siege. Right. Especially Oregon, Washington, that and Colorado right now. So in Colorado they are there's a petition and they're gathering signatures to get a mountain lion hunting ban on the ballot. And if it goes to the ballot, it'd be the first time like true ballot box biology is in place where they're removing something. They've done it plenty of times with wolves, adding wolves um, onto the landscape, but have never done it like this to, re to remove something. And if they do, and, um, and actually this is a great way it's a great way for me to connect the dots for people. Okay. So, um, actually right before I connect the dots for you, let me, let me, let me put it to you. Most hunters don't know that they not only can, but should get involved in any and all issues that might jeopardize hunting and fishing. Okay. And you no, know, I hear the argument all the time. Oh, I don't hunt that or. I don't hunt there, so why should I care? You know, <laughs> sorry for doing the southern accent on that. Just adds a little, little zip to it's it. It's Understandable. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, let me give you this example with with Colorado, and the anti hunting organization is petitioning to stop lion hunting in Colorado. And you're a deer hunter in Connecticut, right? Okay? And that's what you do. You love deer hunting. That's your gig. That's your stick. Why should you care about what happens to a guy in Colorado on a species you don't hunt? You don't hunt mountain lions. You don't hunt in Colorado. Why should you give a shit? Well, let me preface this with the only reason why hunting and fishing exists is because of the money that we generate and the voice we have at the conservation table. And that voice is the most important things when it comes to your abilities to partake in hunting. So remember that, okay? All right, so let's say that the anti-hunters win and Colorado loses this mountain lion hunting completely. So just like you, where your thing is only deer hunting in Connecticut, okay? There is a percentage of hunters that only hunt lions in Colorado. That's their thing. And that's the only place they hunt. They, they go once a year and they do that. Now that they've taken away what's what they're passionate about, you remove that population of hunters. Okay. So you've lost those hunters and ultimately you've lost a portion of your voice at the table. Whatever it is, hundred, couple thousand, hundred thousand, I don't know what that is, but you've lost a certain portion, portion of your voice. 
So those same lion hunters we lost are no longer buying licenses now, which reduces the funding and now shrinks your voice even more. Okay. Then all the other hunters that go to Colorado or live in Colorado that hunt deer and elk and buy a lion hunting tag just to have it to lion tag in the case that they might see one, they're no longer buying those tags. So that reduces the funding and shrinks the voice again. Okay. Now, losing lion hunting in Colorado, and I'm going to actually add an exclamation point to this, but losing lion hunting in Colorado sets precedence for them to go to New Mexico next, Arizona next, whatever. And it might end up on your doorstep eventually. I know you don't have mountain lions in, in Connecticut, but it doesn't matter. But, they start to right, follow, follow that that right. you know when when you take one thing, they're going to take everything. Or they you know as you know say like us for example, we're fighting for Sunday hunting. We see we right. can get it in one state for archery hunting. We're going to try and get it in another state for archery hunting on Sunday. Say Connecticut gets it. Well, Pennsylvania's okay. trying to follow suit, and that's the same thing with anti hunters where they can get lion hunting. In, in Oregon or Washington, they're going to do it again in Colorado. They're going to do it in Wyoming. They're going to, you know, so when you start to get an inch, they're going to take a mile. It's the same as we just went through this whole thing, um, Connecticut wise, um, and, you know, New England wise was um, Mako fishing, Mako shark. And they mm-hmm. took away Mako shark. Well, not only did they not, they now they're trying to get other sharks onto the list. So, like, of they got course. one thing, so now they're going to take another. So, that is a direct effect. When they start to see that they can take these things away, they're mm-hmm. going to take them all away. Right. Exactly. So, you know, it sets precedence. They can, they can, but now specifically in this, the language of this bill they talk about trophy hunting and they define trophy hunting as anything other than eating the meat, which is taking a picture, taking the hide, claws, head, antlers. Lions don't have antlers, but it's in the language. See, nobody reads the language. Everybody reads reads the, the top paragraph of what it is. Mm-hmm. Try to make that as sexy as possible for anybody to read and be like, oh yeah, I want to see this cute, cute, cuddly kittens, whatever. So you don't read this, but if this passes, they have the wording and they have the legal, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I guess precedence will work fine, but they have a legal precedence to take this and apply it to other species. Okay, so how long until they go for elk, deer, sheep, so on and so forth? It's not very long, okay? Another example. Lions are the number one factor in predation on deer in Colorado. More lions means less deer. Less deer means less tags. Less tags leads less funding and a smaller voice. So if that's not compelling enough, let's think about this. Maybe that lion hunter in Colorado who owned guns and bought sporting equipment because they lion hunted, but now they don't need it any longer. So now they're not on a federal level. They're not 
contributing federally to Pittman-Robertson. Pittman-Robertson is distributed to all the states. So now, and I'm just just arbitrary numbers, it was $1.5 billion last year. And because you lost this um, population of hunters, it's $1.4 billion. So now there's only $1.4 billion to be split up instead of $1.5 billion to be split up. So it directly affects you in that state. Okay, let's say you want to, or you aspire to go hunting in Colorado. Now, you're not going to get there for five years. What happens in five years of no, no apex predator management, especially since they just added wolves now? You think tags are hard to get now. Think about how it's going to be in five years because the opportunity has to go down. Hunters follow science. We set seasons based on the surplus of the animal. Hunting is used as a tool to remove a certain population of of, uh, of that species to keep it at carrying capacity or below carrying capacity. So if that is being done already through lions and you know bears and wolves, there's less tags for you. So you can't even go hunting there. You know, you the all these things, it's it's hard to see it because it's death by a million cuts, especially if you're not in it or it's not, like I said, directly affecting you. You know, why why does Mako shark hunt fishing in Connecticut have anything to do with me? I live in Arizona. There's not an ocean for freaking eight hours from here. Right. <laughs> you know, like why do I care about that? But I do, because I understand that there is a certain amount of people that want to go and harvest a mako shark. Now, mind you, if there is a management reason for not um, for not fishing for them, then I'm going to support that. Like, right. if there's not enough turkeys to go around and we got to reduce the tags to 10 tags this year from 500... Then, but then so be it. We'll do that. And I think all hunters should be mindful of that. But that's one of the things that they're trying to do. They understand that we follow the science. Because we're conservationists. Exactly. Okay, we're not preservationists. And the so what they're trying to do is they're trying to eliminate the need for hunting. That's why they're always going after bear hunting and lion hunting. And, and they're trying to introduce wolves because they, they're trying to do this rewilding thing. They don't understand. Now, I, I didn't go over this in my little bio earlier, but I have a master's degree in rangeland management and ecology. I'm a certified deer steward from Clemson University. I, I understand enough to be dangerous about biology and management. I used to do public, uh, excuse me, private land hunting consulting did all that stuff. So, like I said, I understand enough to be dangerous. Um, you mean as, a, trying to, as all hunters, they're not rednecks from the south with no teeth? I mean, what do you, no. you have an education? That's weird. 
I do. I got two masters. <laughs> no, hunters can't be that. They can't have no, educations no. and be we're, smart we're, and we're understand all... the ways of management. <laughs> so my, my reason for bringing that up is that they're, what they're doing, they're trying to rewild everything. They think that if they leave everything alone, that it'll all take care of itself. And that might have been true, you know, thousand years ago, mm-hmm. or when there was like a few million people in the world. Right. You know, dude, we're eight billion people and our hands touch everything. We have our fingerprint on everything. I can't tell you, I've been in the most remote places in the world and I I all come across a piece of human existence Mm -hmm. garbage whatever the case may be footprint we touch everything we have roads everywhere we go into the wild like if you never step foot in the wild what you do affects what happens in the wild we extract wood we extract oil minerals your your freaking cell phone think about all the shit that happens that goes into that cell Mm -hmm. phone and like we throw that thing away what Every two years we get a new one. If if most people, right. and I think a lot of people get them every year, you know, computers, all we do is consume. And if you don't have a conservation mind to think, hey, I, I you know, I, I want to be able to use these things. I want to be able to consume. I want to be able, but I also want them to continue to be there. You're, you're, you know, if you have that their mindset, the preservation mindset, you you get all these like, well, for instance, okay, I don't know if you ever heard of predator pits, and I'm not going to get into biology lessons about how what that is exactly, but if anybody listening to this wants to get, look up Valerius Geist and look up predator pits to get an education on that, but basically, what they're trying to do will ruin wildlife if you take away the model that we have in place which is the best in the world and anybody from any other country will tell you that you will have these like crazy ups and downs you have the predators will will continue to prosper they'll knock the prey down and then the predators will die off the prey will come back possibly Sorry, my dog's going nuts in the background. I don't know if you can hear him. No. Somebody, <laughs> Mine's snoring next to me. So. <laughs> They're barking like a bunch of retards. I don't, know if I, I don't even know if I could say that anymore. Yeah, uh, you can say anything you want. You're on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have all these ups and downs and peaks and valleys, and it's just not healthy. It's like not a healthy system. Mm-hmm. The healthiest system is the system that is in place. Do we get it right all the time? No, sometimes we screw up. We're, you know. We're, we're humans and we're not God. Um, but the idea is to have the best balance and the most holistic view of everything and, and the most holistic approach to everything. And the preservationist hands off, let, let the earth do what it does. Um, it doesn't work anymore because our hands are on too many things. We, mm-hmm. we affect too many things and you can't come into a system in one way and not expect a outcome on the other end. Like, y- you can't touch this thing 
and not expect that thing to move. Like it doesn't work that way. So you're constantly got to be, okay, if I touch this, I remove this. Now I have to tweak this to make everything work. And, you know, that's just the way it, that's just the way management works. And that's, that's what we've been doing. And we've been doing a very good job of it. We have excellent track record of bringing species back and maintaining species and, if we do what they want us to do, I'm afraid that they're going to effectively ruin wildlife completely. So don't know how I got off on that one. It's, all but- good. <laughs> it's, it's much needed information, I guess. And it's something that needs to be kind of addressed as we, you know, we've talked throughout this entire podcast, you know, like that kind of stuff. We have to be advocates for that. And I think that, you know, the group that you're part of, the Howl for Wildlife, is like, it's huge when it comes to that because you guys are advocates for all that stuff. And and I think that, I think at minimum, guys need to go and check it out and, and see what it's all about. And, and you know, what's a free membership? It doesn't cost you anything just to be yeah. part of it and just yeah, kind of see what's out. going on. You know, and it, like we had talked about before, like, what does it have to do with a guy on the East Coast? What does he care about, about the people in the West? And I think that it's very important. It's very important that you get involved. It's very important that you become part of something like this because, it, you know, that, you know, yourself, John, you, you might, you know, you might be a cat hunter out there. And if I don't help you fight for it, what are you to help me when I need it for, oh, yeah. for bear hunting? Like, we need to work together. And I mean, to call you up, John. Listen, we're here for you. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa. Because it, it and I think that you guys connect the dots and a lot of things that need to be happening because I think the forefront of this this battle is is just begun, honestly. Truly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot uh, there's a lot to what you just said too, you know. There's that was that old proverb or whatever, the, you know, first they came for this and I didn't care. Then they came for that. I didn't get involved. And then they came for me and there was nobody left for me kind of situation. So true. That's a very true thing, man. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that can, that can happen very easily. Um, One thing I do want to, I would do want to talk about because this, and and I'm speaking from experience, you know, years ago before I really got into this, I, I was a member of Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation you know, SCI, Sportsman's Alliance, Wild Sheep, you know, and I still send my money to Mule Deer Foundation, all these, all these other, all these other organizations. And I, and they, they do the yeoman's work of putting animals back on the mountain for the most part, especially the critter groups. But I think what we, we've become complacent because I, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this that are like, well, I send my money to Sportsman's Alliance and SEI and NRA and da 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 da. But the fact of the matter is, you sending money to them doesn't get you off the hook, so to speak. Doesn't make you actually have to be involved. Yes. You should definitely send the money. I'm not saying don't. It's not like I'm saying it's not worth it. They're not doing stuff for you. But you can't have this idea, well, I sent my 100 bucks, so 
you know, they're, they're going to fight my battles, you know, by proxy. They're just going to go fight my battles for me. There's a lot of things. First off, do you know how many actions happened? And I say actions because it's easy for everybody to understand it. How many things happened across the U.S. that we did not get involved in? Not because we didn't want to. One, we might not have had the information. Most of the time, it's because we didn't find out about it until there's not somebody sitting there going through every single legislation piece and at every single level um, across the United States. There is, there's, I'd have to pay somebody $200,000 a year just to sit there and take that much time to do that. It's crazy. I mean, just to give you an idea, so here in Arizona, on Monday, they just dropped 10 bills that would effectively take away federal land or take federal lands and convert them to state lands. And the reason why they want to do that is so they could either sell off the land or they can use the land to um, profit the state in some way or shape or form. That in itself can take away the ability to hunt. But it was just dropped on, on this Monday, 10 bills, and they're voting on it Monday coming up. So, like, how much time do you have to to organize and mobilize and get involved in this? Not a lot. So, you know, there's going to be stuff that we miss. There's going to be stuff that comes up that, hell, we want to get involved in. But if we do, it's a, is it going to make any change because we only have a day to do it? You know, these are the things that happen. And it's, you know, that's why we say you need to be involved. So if there's something that comes up, one, we want you to reach out to us. Hey, did you know about this and this and this and that? Our members are starting to do that more and more. They hit us up on our Instagram and hit us up on the website through emails and whatnot. And they say, hey, are you aware of this? And if it's something we can get involved in, then we do. Um, you know, being active, being involved is the most important thing to save in this thing. Um, and yes, a good first step obviously would be to join Alpha Wildlife and be a part of that community, but just also taking it on yourself to be a good steward of hunting and fishing. That's, I think, I think where I'll leave you off with. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I, I do have one question that probably has nothing to do with nothing that about with how for the wildlife or anything, but it's one question that I like to ask and like to finish up with and John, that is, I want to know what drives you outdoors. What drives me outdoors? Hmm. Um, I think for me, it is the connection of who I am. Like when I'm out there, it's like the only time I really feel like I'm me. Um, it's like a self-awareness thing. It's very, um, I don't know. I feel like I, I'm drawn to it. I have to be outside. I have to be on the mountains. I have to be chasing bugles or figuring out a whitetail movements, you know, you name it. And, um, yeah, it's all, it's like, it's, it's all encompassing and, and, but it, I, if I had to come down to it, it, it has to be the, like the, that connection I have. 
Some people with, just with, never will understand that, John. <laughs> yep. No. Um, John, can you just tell everybody where they can find Howl for the Wildlife and, and all those, you know, links or Instagram sure. or whatever, just so they can kind of check it out and, you know, how they would go about becoming a member? Sure. Uh, you could go to howlforwildlife.org uh, or howl.org. Uh, either one works. Um, Instagram or how underscore org. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, we have YouTube channels and stuff like that, but there's not, that's not really important. We use that for, you know, producing information. It's not really to, uh, we take those videos to put them on, on the website. So it's not a uh, thing where you need to know about it. Um, you know, me personally, you follow along with me john stallone on anything instagram facebook youtube whatever awesome yeah i'll link my blog is johnstallone.me i think and you know you had talked about some of the articles and stuff i think it's kind of important for somebody you know everyone to go and check that stuff out i'm gonna go and check it out and read it because i think it's it's cool and always it's always fun to kind of get other people's perspective on things right like we you know we we both can see you know say a bill but we both have our different outlooks on it so like a blog is like you know it's just good to read and see what other people's opinions are on certain factors you know so i think it's awesome john we really appreciate you jumping on man i think it's a it's a big thing and, and something something that we have to you know we have to be the forefront for it as we've talked about throughout the whole entire podcast and and something that we need to you know stop now not later uh when it's too late and help out brother and sister outdoorsmen's and sportsmen's because it's super important um so anything else that we can do for you in the future man we're here for you to be to be that voice john we really appreciate it and uh for everyone else thanks for taking the ride right here on the outdoor drive